All right, everybody, joining me now on the podcast, uh, Bill Bender from the Sporting News, National College Football Writer. He was there at Santa Clara as Clemson beat Alabama for the uh, National Championship. And, uh, Bill, uh, once again, thanks for taking the time out, coming on the show, and uh, talk about the National Championship. Yeah, I mean, got back from the Bay Area, which was great. It was a great setting for a football game. More fans of both teams turned out than, than – uh, people thought were going to i thought that was fine and it was a good game i think it really was a showcase for trevor lawrence i know a lot of people are going to be freaking out about alabama losing but this was more about to me a a generational type quarterback talent who just had a great game against alabama yeah i'll I'll start out with clinton and and trevor lawrence and that was the biggest thing for me and and there were some throws in there he didn't you know there was the receivers on this clinton team are great too and i think and maybe just for me living here in alabama didn't hear as much but you know you hear about the great alabama receivers i don't think going into the game a lot of people put a lot of attention on the clinton receivers and they showed they're pretty good as well with some of the catches they made and like i said trevor lawrence i mean throwing over 300 yards on alabama and it just you think a true freshman at some point in that big of a game would get rattled at some point. The moment would be too big, but he looked like a four-year senior out there, not a true freshman. He came out a little hot, you know, throwing a couple high ones, and you know, you could tell he was amped up, which is understandable. He's 19 years old. Um, once he settled in, I think your point hits exactly what I was kind of thinking. Receivers were phenomenal. Uh, Justin Ross, T. Higgins, those guys are Sunday receivers. And, uh, you know, Renfro, when you mix him in, that helps open up the middle of the field. But, yeah, they they really played well. They really uh, just got things going. But Alabama helped them out. You know, Alabama gave a lot of momentum to them early in the game. Pick six helped. Um, Second interception helped. You know, that was when Alabama kind of got rolling in the passing game. Because I think other than those two picks, and a lost fumble, I actually thought Tua Tungavailoa played pretty well in this football game. Yeah, you know, because you look at the numbers, you throw for 295 yards, that's nothing to scoff at, especially against a defense as good as Clemson. Um, the interceptions, I mean, were, to you, seeing what was going there, you know, like I said, you were there at the game, uh, were they confusing Tua? What were they doing to kind of give him issues at times in the game to kind of cause those mistakes? Yeah, the first one, the guy just jumped the route, and he made a heck of a play on the football. The second one, Tua threw a bad ball. I mean, the, the route was kind of there. I think he was trying to get it to Judy. They make an interception. And it wasn't just the interception. It was the return that came with it that, that put Clemson in decent position. And that was the one thing they did. In the first half, um, Alabama had 17 or three turnovers, and Clemson turned that into 17 points. And that's just, as Saban will tell you, as Dabo will tell you, as you know, your your seventh grade football coach will tell you. Um, when that happens, you're in trouble. Yeah, and you know, if people out there that you know watching on TV, that was the first thing Nick Saban said going into halftime. You know, when he got interviewed by ESPN, that you know they thought they moved the ball well, just didn't execute and turn the ball over. Uh, and the penalty when they had to kick the field goal, whenever they were on the goal line, that was like key <clears throat> while they were down 15 <clears throat> points to go into halftime. Yeah, I mean, those are momentum swinging plays. And, and you know, Saban knows that. He, he, he's said as much over the years. I mean, he's not – when you make that many mistakes against a team like Clemson, who 
certainly didn't back down. They uh, they certainly they were ready to go, and they're not scared of Alabama. They're not one of those teams that when they get on the field, Alabama's up by seven just by looking at them. And that was apparent early in the game. But I think all of those things that happened, whether it was the um, like I said, the turnover early, the pick six got them started. They were playing confident. They allowed Lawrence to settle in. He didn't back down. Alabama didn't get a ton of pressure on him. I mean, Quinnen made some plays, but they just didn't get enough pressure consistently that was landing to, to make Trevor Lawrence a little more rattled. Yeah, it really did seem like they did a pretty good job on Quinnen Williams, you know, preventing him from being able to be disruptive, you know, cause Lawrence problems. And nobody else on Alabama's defensive line really was able to get any pressure on Lawrence. It pretty much looked like at the end of the game he did have a pretty much a clean jersey. Yeah, and, you know, when you can do that and throw up there, like Saban said, some 50-50 balls. The biggest difference in the game, though, for Lawrence was on third down, he was phenomenal. Eight of 11, 240 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that's incredible stuff. And every time that Alabama got them in the third down and it would be third and medium or third and long, Trevor Lawrence would make a throw. And that's where uh, the difference comes in. That's where that's the difference between – three-star guy like and no disrespect to Kelly Bryant that's the difference between what he was doing last year and what Trevor Lawrence can do now and like like I said not trying to be over the top about it but it's the best performance by a freshman in that stage since Herschel Walker and in the 1981 Sugar Bowl it really is it's something that's transcendent it's something that you know we may never see a freshman play like that again in that stage And, and that's why you know I think he's a once-in-a-generational type talent. I think the numbers are going to continue. Now the trick will be how does he play with the expectations to come that so many of, of us, myself included, are going to be saying all these things about him all through the uh, you know end of the season. Yeah, it's it's kind of a scary thought to think, you know, we, well, after you watch that game, see what he was able to do, and Justin Ross too. These are freshmen. I mean, they're at least going to be there for two more years, you know, highly would doubt they continue on this path they're going to be there for their senior years but scary for everybody in the ACC in the country that this is I mean they're going to have to deal with Trevor Lawrence and Clemson for at least two more years and beyond that because the Dabo is so great yeah I mean you know that's the program he's built um, the one thing they're going to have to contend with as I wrote for us after the game is you know they're not going to be the underdog story anymore they're, they're a team that people are going to come after and justifiably so um this is a blue blood now. They're one of the, just 10 programs in the FBS since the pool era, AP pool era, to win two in three years. It's hard to do. It's mm-hmm. hard to win two national championships, period, let alone two in three years. And if you look at the ones that have done in our lifetime, you know, it's like Nebraska and Miami and LSU, or not LSU, Florida, Alabama, uh, USC, it's not easy to do. And those are teams that were kind of dynasties. Now, Dabo downplayed that notion and said, you know, we're not quite a dynasty yet. But um, if you look over the five-year uh, track record, it's getting close to that point, that's for sure. Yeah, and, you know, for me and for Dabo, even before the playoff, I mean, they were consistently for a couple of years there, they were getting 10 wins. They got a, a BCS bowl win over Ohio State, you know, 
big win after big win. So this was building for a long time. You know, and you look at the Clemson program when he took over for Tommy Bowden, there was always that thing, you know, Clemson's going to find a way to mess it up. And just the fact that he has changed the way people look at Clemson in a decade is an amazing job he's done. Yeah, the, the whole term of Clemson, and he bristles at that to this day, they've changed that. It's over. I mean, I don't know why people say that anymore because that's what he brought to the program. Yeah, like you said, they were known for losing the big game and, and having a 5-0 and team that would slip up in the wrong moment. But I've been telling people what they are now is essentially they've become 90s Florida State, you know, early 2000s Florida State, where they're just going to be in the top five every year. They've got all that talent. They play well. Their schedule leaves a little bit to be desired because the ACC it has some programs that are typically pretty good that are definitely in transition. But all of them things have added up to a team that's just really good on the big stage. And that's been the biggest difference with these two teams. I mean, for all the talk of Alabama and Clemson fatigue, these two teams are just better than everybody else. They're better against the top ten they're better than against the top 25. They're better in their conference. They're better at home. And it's a pretty good bet, as both coaches were saying, or at least Dabo said afterward, that they're going to see each other next year again. You know, on the flip side with Alabama, looking forward for them. And I'm going to be – I mean, Alabama's fine. I mean, I, I think I've seen some people like want to say, you know, is this the beginning? And they're, I think Alabama's just perfectly fine. But I do think some – Weaknesses got exposed the last three games. The Georgia game, uh, even Oklahoma, and this one, that's against the pass. Giving up 300-yard passers three straight games and including two against, you know, mainly pocket passers, which used to not happen against Nick Saban defenses. So just for you going into next season, what are you looking for, Alabama? Uh, Do they need to fix some things there? Well, of course. I mean, their defense will have to be better. And I think they're going to kind of do what Clemson did this year. And that's Clemson spent – they'll never admit this in public. Neither coach will ever admit this. But I think you're in a situation where they kind of design themselves around what can they do to beat them the next time they see them. I mean, that's what Clemson did. That's why Dabo went with Dexter or uh, Trevor Lawrence when he did. It was so they had the that was the quarterback that gave them the best chance if he uh, got going to beat Alabama. That's exactly what happened, and uh, it pans out. It makes Dabo look smart because Dabo was being criticized at the time, um, yeah, by some people. I thought it was one of those moves where it was best for all people involved, and now Kelly Bryant also gets a chance to play in the SEC as well, so it works out for him, but. Yeah, it was a it was a great decision by Dabo. Trevor Lawrence made that payoff. Clemson's going to be very good next year. But Alabama, you know, I think the focus would be on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, getting another new offensive coordinator, so that'll be cool to see. Yeah, you know, and just I, I guess I'm one of these people. I was not. You know, I know a lot of people were upset. We got these two teams. You know, for four funerals, three times out of four years in the playoffs. I mean. What do you say to those people that say that they're tired of matchup and it's not good for college football? Because I don't get disagreement. I want the best teams. I don't care if it's the same two teams four or five years in a row. We're getting the best matchup. That's what you're supposed to get. But for people out there that kind of you know yawn at this matchup, what do you say to that? Uh, two best teams in college football. That's what Bill Hancock told me, and I couldn't agree more. Um, mm-hmm. If that's the design, and, they, and that was another subplot the weekend out there, the Monday out there that. We're not we're, we're not even close to expansion. 
and the conference commissioners they discussed it but they're not that's not what's coming and it was kind of a close you know shutting the door in the face of that and but that, i mean it's it's two different things it's the twitter and fan outcry for it but they have to do it carefully because you can't just go straight to eight there's a lot of factors involved how do you schedule all the conferences how do you get rid of the conference championship games do you allow a group of five team in what are all those things in it's it's an interesting thing so i would just say for those calling for an 18 playoff i wouldn't expect it at this point until the length of the contract tv contract at the very earliest and even so i don't know that they will so yeah, it's going it, when it. People always ask me, "When's the expansion going to happen?" It's going to happen when the conference commissioners commissioners want it to happen. There's nothing else that will uh, change that. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, I almost have. I'm in agreement with you there too. And uh, lastly, for two days away, you know, pass from the championship game, but it's, it's never too early to start looking forward to next season. Just uh, of course, you know, you would expect Alabama, Clemson, you know, be your one and two, you know, one and two teams next year. But who are some teams you're thinking next season that could rise up and be challengers to both uh, Clemson and Alabama? Well, some of the usual suspects. I think Georgia and the SEC, maybe LSU with Joe Burrow back full season. Auburn always a hot and cold X factor that we can never completely gauge. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12. I think Ohio State in the Big 10. And we'll see if Michigan can rise up to that big stage. There's a lot of pressure on them. Washington and Oregon in the Pac-12. And I don't know that there's a group of five school next year that will really challenge. I guess I left out Florida, but Florida could be interesting. They really took a big first step with Dan Mullen. So that's kind of the list of teams that you would look at on day one with, uh, <laughs> or day two rather with 363 days or so till we crown another one that I think would be in the discussion for a national championship and that's part of the problem um, the playoff might need new blood but the at the end of the day we could have been an eight this year I, I don't see a way that Clemson or Alabama would have lost I, I think there's an argument to be made that this would have been a good year for the BCS because it was clear who the two teams were. And Oklahoma and Notre Dame, I think, had great fine seasons, but it's just they were not on the same playing field. Nobody else was as these two teams. So uh, I think... No, they were very good, and, and they deserve to be applauded for that. And people can pick at it all they want, but uh, it's certainly one of those things where uh, it, it was fun. It was a fun experience out in the Bay Area. I know the television ratings were down a little bit. I would contend that the biggest reason why those ratings were down was because it was a blowout. If that was an entertaining game, I think a lot of people would watch. But, you know, people can say it's too predictable. I don't think too many people predicted that Clemson was going to blow out Alabama on Monday night. Um, And The Bachelor was on, apparently. I know that's what you were watching, Philip, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, as soon as I knew Alabama wasn't coming back, I flipped over to the Bachelor. That, that was what I was worried about. And that was the, the biggest, the biggest uh, thing I don't, for me. I don't even know what channel, I don't even know what channel that's on. What's funny <laughs> so, is it's on ABC, so that is a competitor to ESPN. So you're competing with yourself with the premiere of <laughs> on your ABC versus, you know, on your other channels. I, I don't know. But, uh, uh, it's, it's been a fun year. I'm surprised. No, uh, no Central Florida in there for surprises for next year can get into the playoffs, huh? Well, I think, you know, they've got to build that capital back up after losing a bowl game, and we'll see how they do. But there's a long way to go before 
like I said, a group of five schools going get anywhere near this 14 plus. And that's another issue. I get it. It's a long-term issue, but at the same time, you know, LSU beat them with a shorthanded roster. So they're going to have to do it all over again. And hopefully they can do it with McKenzie Milton on the field. Yeah, definitely. And it will always give Danny Cannell something to talk about on Twitter. So that's, there you go for that. Uh, probably just got in trouble for that one. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Bill, I appreciate you coming on. I know it's been a busy last couple of days for you. Uh, always great to have you on to talk college football. And third year in a row, I've had you on to after the national championship game to talk about it. So I appreciate you uh, taking the time out to do it. And uh, listeners want to follow you. Where can they find you? Yeah, I'm at BillBender92 at SportingNews.com. And, you know, it's kind of that takes some inventory, takes a few days off this weekend. That'll be nice. And then you kind of get back at it next week and get ready to go. We already have a early top 25 out and get great non-conference games to remember for next season. And we'll have a couple more things. And, you know, if your listeners want to follow us at SportingNews.com, we, uh, we don't have a lot of bodies over there, but we try to work harder than everybody else. All right, sounds good, and uh, great coverage at Sporting News. And once again, Bill, appreciate the time, and uh, look forward to talking to you. I'm sure me and you are going to speak a couple of times during the offseason for the, the 2019 season kicks off. Hey, no problem, Phil. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you.